For the more observant among you, you have most likely noticed my buddy Seth and I have launched a new podcast, Doctrines of Grains, a Christian show unlike any other, doing beer and whiskey reviews while also working through systematic and practical theology, a reformed man's dream. Many have reached out already, telling us how much they've enjoyed the show and are looking for what's next, and that's awesome, right? But just as many, if not most of those who have reached out, have done so with questions, if not flat-out concerns. Quote, why would you have a show that glorifies alcohol? Isn't it inherently sinful? Or, quote, aren't you causing the weaker brother to stumble? The critics behind these questions do indeed have good intentions. They are concerned with the holiness that is articulated in Scripture. But clearly, we don't agree with some of their presuppositions. So what gives? Why are we doing this show? We're eventually going to do an entire episode responding to these concerns. But as for now, may this entry serve as a primer on why such a show does need to exist and what the Bible actually says about alcohol that you definitely didn't hear growing up from the church ladies. Things you didn't hear. One, the Lord gives wine to gladden the hearts of men. Psalm 104, 15. Two, go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Ecclesiastes 9, 7. Three, on this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. Isaiah 25, 6. Four, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he hath no money. Come ye and buy, and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money, and without price. 5. And I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. Amos 9.14 I've got a good feeling that you were not exposed to these verses as frequently as a child as you may to those which rightfully condemn drunkenness. But here they are. Take a look. And this isn't all of them. The scriptures explicitly associate alcohol to gladness, rest, glory, joy, and obedience. The scriptures explicitly command alcohol to features in acts of worship from Old Testament to New Testament. The scriptures explicitly promise alcohol among other covenantal blessings and those which prophesied the coming about of the Messiah in Messianic age. If you'd like a more exhaustive study of these truths, please see the articles cited below. But what about drunkenness? Drunkenness doesn't disqualify drinking any more than adultery would disqualify sex. This was Martin Luther's argument, saying, Men can go wrong with wine and women. Shall we then prohibit and abolish women? The sun, the moon, and the stars have been worshipped. Shall we then pluck them out of the sky? See how much God has accomplished through me, though I did no more than pray, preach, and drink. Martin Luther. The more particular questions like, quote, well, how much is too much? Or what if my practice causes others to sin? And others of the same accord are all justified in their concerns. But still, rest upon an assumption that either undermines or denies the biblical fact that alcohol is a gift from God, which 
he is called good. The problem isn't that alcohol is not good, it's that we are not, Romans 3.11. These things we shall work out further below. Quick answers. Why are you doing a show that glorifies alcohol? Hopefully, we have demonstrated this easily enough. Scripture glorifies alcohol. It is not inherently sinful. It calls alcohol a gift from God. It ties such liquid glory to the messianic age, the present kingdom of Christ, and the eschaton which awaits. Aren't you causing the weaker brother to stumble? This may be a more reasonable objection and one that should be carefully considered. We certainly do not wish to lead other brethren to sin, though of course we know ultimately individuals are responsible for themselves. Again, the concern raises a fair point. But another point could be made that the sheer fear, hatred, and abstinence the recent church has taught regarding alcohol has led just as many into sin. Historically, the prohibitionist era quite literally birthed organized crime in America. What we call taboo, uh, when we call taboo what God has called good, he has no problem rebuking us or allowing others to do so for our rebellion. Culturally, there's a reason why the old saying, everyone's a Baptist till they get their car keys, rings true in many cases. The last two decades in particular have shown forth generations which were not discipled on how to properly handle this gift from God. It was withheld from them, condemned before them, and in many cases identified as a manifestation of evil itself more times than not for them. So, when left to its own devices, what does the human heart naturally lean to? Reaching for the forbidden fruit explicitly doing that which was prohibited just to get a taste, only to quickly thereafter consume the whole substance. Such demonstrates a lack of maturity, a product of poor or non-existent discipleship. All of the responses articulated above can be summarized by syllogism repeated many times by pastors. When we took the alcohol from the Lord's table, we took it away from the family's table, Thus, we've produced the largest generation of lonely binge drinkers and alcoholics. Need for this show. This show exists for maturity. This show exists for discipleship. We do not have the right to condemn what God has called good, nor do we have the right to abuse it. The biblical principle is true for a number of realities, not falling into one ditch or the other, but it is also true for how we deal with alcohol. It really is as simple as that. Know your doctrines and know your grains. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the other intentional component of our show, thoroughly working through historic Calvinism. If you didn't pick up on our name, Doctrines of Grains, it is a play on words for Calvinism's, quote, doctrines of grace. It seems more and more folks are becoming reformed these days, and praise God, yet many of us newbies, ourselves included, have yet to make it cover to cover through Calvin's Institutes. So let's do it together. Let's be able to definitively look at the primary source of Calvin's works so that we can distinguish for ourselves why critics do not succeed in destroying his conclusions and why some of these self-proclaimed quote-unquote reformed groups today might not easily work well with Calvin's actual beliefs. Conclusion. Alcohol is a gift from God. This is a truth, like many from the rest of scripture, that we must accept. We are here at the Doctrines of Grains podcast to, Lord willing, edify the saints near and abroad concerning these matters and others so that the church would, one, 
mature in her worship and obedience into the triune God, and two, find that obedience renders the highest degree of safety and satisfaction for believers, for all things work toward their good for his glory. Romans 8.28 Our prayer is that, in the final analysis, you would know your doctrines and know your grains. Want to give us a chance? Give the show a listen? Click the link below or search for the Battle and the Bride podcast special episode. Additionally, check out the Instagram or YouTube pages titled Doctrines of Grains. Sin is dead, death is next, and Ave Christus Rex.